Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 130, episode 5 of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production yeah. of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say officially off the top, fuck Fox News, no. fuck the Koch brothers, no. and fuck back. the Open America movement. It's Friday, April 24th, 2020. My name's Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Life is like a quarantine here with COVID, Clorox face mask distancing, all the days blur. Let's solve this illness before we restart business. COVID, woohoo! Outside bad, bad, inside good, good COVID, woohoo! <laughs> Danger, watch behind you. There's a stranger too close behind you. (laughs) Careful you don't grab onto some COVID. All right, Rich Jefferson bringing the heat. Uh, I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. We're inside, we FaceTime together. Cold brew hot takes forever. Find me on Twitter or PSN. I'm hosting with Potatoes O'Brien. Now we're isolating more than ever. Know the Zeit gang has each other. Oh, damn, we got no Coachella. Oh, damn, we got no Coachella. Ella, 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 Ella. Um, great little drum loop in GarageBand for early adopters of GarageBand. You probably recognize that whole beat was made in GarageBand. But, you know, whatever. Mm. Shout out to the producers. Was it really? Yeah, that... <laughs> what a song. Iconic. <laughs> that shit's on there. I think all they did was add a slight open hi-hat on the maybe and of four. Anyway, uh, but right. yes, that that was right Still there. Banks. Still Shout banks. out to at Listen to Blazer, Taylor Jonathan Blazer Lang for that one. Well, speaking of iconic, we're thrilled to be joined in our third seat by our quarantine co-host, Lil Zam herself, Jamie Loftus! And I said, what about isolation, shelter in place? She said, it feels like contagion, the film. And as I recall, first time round, we both kind of missed it. And I said, well, we'll have to watch contagion, the film. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that was mostly about contagion. That was, I like that one a lot. It's from at Stephen Walrond. Been sitting on that one for a couple days. Really, Hell yeah. some, some Grammy winning stuff is, is uh, being dropped by, by the fine scribes of AKAs. Truly, mm. truly. And we are thrilled to be joined in our fourth seat by today's special guest. He is the hilarious and talented Mr. Carl Hess. Oh, my God. Great to be here, guys. Thanks for having oh, me. It's great so to good you. to see you, Carl. You got the quar beard going. You've got a Yeah, this is like my full quar beard. I'm like, I'm coming out of quar like a shipwrecked man. Just, whoa. <laughs> what year is it? Auditioning for the lighthouse. Pre show, yeah. we did. Pre-show, we did accuse you of having a fake plant, but you've confirmed that it's a big deal. Yes, I ball. came yeah. into a lot of accusations flying around that this behind yep. me was someone lot. said fake. Those are those are big naturals, folks. I'm not I'm not <laughs> coming into the Zoom chat with any fake plants. Wouldn't do that to you. Wouldn't do that to the listeners. Nothing Thank wrong so. with yeah. a flake, fake plant, but it's just you know, it's yeah. good to know. Exactly. Right. And you keep it out of your Zoom background. A fake plan is between you and God. You don't share you, that with the world. Have you ever complimented someone's succulent and they knew it was fake and they didn't tell you? And then you looked <laughs> at it closer and then you're like, hold up. Well, this is like, I, there, was a, there was a succulent at a to-be-named, to yet-to-be-named person's home. And I would like, look at him like, that shit looks fucking j- delicious, juicy, it's verdant. succulent. It's verdant Yeah, like, right what now. the fuck? And then like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just been pretty, pretty chill, pretty chill. That was the moment to say, ah, it's fake. Cut to months right. later. I'm like, it does mm. looks ex- it always looks the same. I look and it's fake. I didn't say anything because I didn't want to call it. That's a relationship off, like, built on lies. <laughs> yeah. This is so passive aggressive because this experience is me. <laughs> it was you. That Miles was talking about. That's so <laughs> fucked up, Miles. Jesus. Uh Carl, did you know that there are 10,000 uh, fiddly figs in people's homes in captivity, but only 4,000 in the wild? 
<laughs> you know, I've heard that, I and I'm, I'm working to rehabilitate him. I actually yeah. run a halfway home for fiddle leafs, and I, I take in at-risk fiddle leafs, and I rehab them, you know, give them the nutrients they need, put them back out on the street. Put them back yeah. on the streets of Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah I, I, yes, just, I yes. just put it in the middle of the park. Right. All right, Carl, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. Uh, first, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of things we're talking about. Uh, Joe Biden uh, said no thanks to some Louis C.K. cash. Um, okay, feminist so. alert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Ally much? We're going to see how American billionaires are doing uh, now in the uh, economic slowdown caused by COVID-19. My first concern was... What about our billionaires? They're uh, our best right. people. Are they going to be okay? Mm -hmm. um, we're also going to look at the Open America Backup movement. They had, I think, the best kind of image from late capitalism of the week with their sacrifice the weak, like the weak as in the not strong sign in Tennessee. Uh, so I want to talk about them. We want to talk about uh, some of the Trump administration's medical experts. Yep. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Trump's just steady hand uh, at the till, just a steady hand of leadership. We're going to talk about Olive Garden prom. We're going to talk about Disney. We're going to talk about Stakeums Twitter account. Can we? Uh, I'm going to talk go about ahead. January. I'm going to talk about January Jones at some point. I keep forgetting to put it in the doc, but I've I, I've been putting off talking about January Jones, and it's we time. need to do that. That, that's okay. So forget everything I just said. We're Can only we actually talk scrap about everything. Scrap Jones. I'd really like yeah. to talk about January Jones. Let's scrap the Joe Biden, Louis C.K. piece <laughs> and talk about that. Oh, yes, incredible. I agree. Oh, and we're also going to try and figure out what movie we're going to watch over uh, right. the weekend uh, yeah, yeah, for yeah, yeah. our rewatch. Yes, yes, yes. uh, but Carl, first, we like to ask our guests, what's something from your search history that's revealing oh. about who you are? I have been finding simple joys in constantly searching for more and better Ghanaian coffin dancer memes. Oh uh, yeah! Whoa! The Ghanaian. I'm but a simple bear. man. Wow. I'm yeah. I'm but a simple man. I think it's the meme of our time. It encapsulates uncertainty, yep. fear of death, but also joy in the face of adversity. Embracing death. The guys yeah. have just so much style. It's fantastic, and it's like the the meme is like evolving. Like it started as like a simple fail meme and now it's meta and it's being worked in in all these various ways it's uh you know it's it's really bringing me joy in these dark times yeah i it's th that that whole subreddit uh is just the way people are the the form is taking on new uh manifestations it's, by people the need to pour their creativity into something <laughs> you know everyone's locked up it's like this meme we're all on board to make this yeah. the best thing we can for people who aren't familiar, it's a video that starts off with like really raucous dance techno music. And you see these establishing shots of these Ghanaian pallbearers in like the most dapper outfits, Gucci frames on, mean mug mm -hmm. in the camera. And like as the track builds, you slowly splice in another viral video. Let's just say it's maybe someone on like a rope swing who smacks into a wall. And They're as that for a fall. Yeah, as that drops building, they show the moment, and right at impact, the drop comes in. They don't really show you the awful part. They just cut to the pallbearers dancing with a casket, and it's just uh, it's the setup punchline. It's funny every is time. Yeah. <laughs> every time that drop hits, I'm like, oh, let me just sail away to Pleasure Valhalla <laughs> right now for a second. This is right. new. This is totally new to me. This sounds me too. electric. Oh yeah! Oh my yeah. God! Wow! It's unbelievable! It's taking over. Guys, most get into idiots it. Get brains. into Whoa. it. If you want to go on Reddit, so just called r r slash Ghana says goodbye is where there a lot of people are just aggregating. <laughs> they were like just on a talk show too. They're like they're like reveling in their new cultural like celebrity. Yeah, because I think people don't realize. Like I think. It looks so just unbelievable because, you know, in the in Western culture, we usually think of like right. our own suffering and the loss is like the focal yeah. point of a funeral where Ghanaian funerals like are on the weekends sometimes. Yeah, like, culturally, it's amazing. Banger parties. Yeah. And so I like to see it all, that. you're like, wow. And, yeah, I think it's actually a much healthier way to like i feel like oh i'm my always God. being like put me out thinking, like that dance yeah. me out right when dance people go like here. full celebration of life you're like yeah oh yeah that is like the correct thanks, way to do yeah. that thanks for yeah. like that one last laugh you gave us even yeah. exactly. <laughs> you did something stupid and made us laugh are you watching some right now jack 
Uh, no, I haven't watched it yet. I I just oh. watched the original video and I'm really uh prepared. I'm ready to. Uh, uh, you're ready oh, for the okay. journey. So you saw the, the journey, swag. Baby. You saw the drip. Yeah, I saw the drip. <laughs> unbelievable drip. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Carl, what is something you think is underrated? You know, I've been doing a lot of cooking uh, in the car. I think a lot of people are. And I got a CSA box, you know, where you get the vegetable farm box. And, uh, you know, so cooking a lot of vegetables specifically. And, you know, everyone's given beans a lot of love on social media. Beans are, you know, bean discourse in food Twitter is big. Everyone loves mm-hmm. beans. They're the star of the choir. But I think <laughs> underrated is cabbage. Oh, hell cabbage yeah. Cabbage is like beans are finally becoming sexy after being relegated and kind of being like boring. Who cares about beans for a while? I don't cabbage know. needs to be next on that trajectory because cabbage yep. is amazing. It keeps for so long. It's versatile. so versatile. It absorbs flavors so well. It's delicious. It's great for you. It's like, when is cabbage's time to shine? Soon. It's a great, great meat sheep, you know? Oh, my God. It's amazing. Meat up. You do anything saute, grill, bake, Raw. eat it in the morning, eat it in the evening, cabbage eat it at supper like time. wet paper. Cabbage is a reflection of the person <laughs> who prepares it. Who prepares you stare it. it. That's true. I think I've only had like grandma cabbage that is very bad. Mm, yeah. I've never had good oh, cabbage. Yeah. Oh, if you cook it properly. Oh, my God. There's yes. plenty of like if you if you use it in some kind of braised dish, mm-hmm. it just mm-hmm. it becomes a flavor napkin. Speak uh, on. Other part is I have like a mandolin and I take raw cabbage and yes. I just slice it up to get, you know, if you eat like Japanese tonkatsu, like you, get, you typically eat yeah. it with like razor thin raw cabbage. What I do, Folks. take cabbage, a little t- canned tuna, maybe packed in Ooh. oil with a little mm-hmm. bit of balsamic vinegar and now some shallots or something. And then hey. you, maybe you got a you got an amazing cabbage salad going with just oh, a can of tuna. And- it's satisfying. <laughs> you got to get a mandolin. If you don't have a mandolin yet, step up your fucking uh, game. Ste- step up your instrument, medieval instrument the, game. Not yeah. the, the instrument. kitchen. Yeah, the kitchen. The thing that every person inevitably horribly right. fucks their hand up. Oh, on you'll cut yourself. <laughs> it's it's a cruel master. The mandolin is a yeah. cruel master, but it teaches. Yeah, it does. I feel like I'm uh, just watching a, a date go really well between Miles. And Carl <laughs> right now. Really this hitting it. I love yeah. cabbage. Yeah. Yeah. So do I. I love cabbage. Uh, the, <laughs> we're playing. We're playing Zoom footsie like but crazy right now. Where I'm texting him on the side. I'm like, dude, this is so hot right now. But it's like a. But it's like a, a core date too, where you're like, right. like right. latching onto the smallest thing and being like, yeah. we have we to get married. We have to we get had married. An instant connection. <laughs> right. How'd it go? He loves cabbage. Uh, what is he something uh, that you think is underrated <laughs> that Miles will uh, enthusiastically agree with? Ooh. Or sorry, overrated. I said it wrong. You know what I've... Uh, uh, more Quar thoughts. I feel like large-scale social Zoom hangouts are overrated. Mm. They're never really fun. There's too many people. Like maybe like a one-on-one with your friends or one-two, like catching up. But like there's like 10 people. You're like, we're drinking together. It's like, what are we doing? This yeah, isn't a party. Right. Or like is laggy. Everyone just changes their backgrounds constantly and gets drunk in their own little corner. No one knows when to talk. It's like this is yeah, not right. a party. Yeah. This is not a substitution for fucking hugging your friends and drinking together and revelry. And like half of them have kids that are running around too. So you're just I, I'm like, oh, and okay, great. Now you're flexing. They're your, holding the kid up. Kid. You're like, I don't yeah. want to see this. Or what you'll, are you doing? Or you'll be you're shocked like, at how casual they are about their kid in the back. And I'm like, dude, I think, <laughs> I think your I think your kid's about to crawl off okay? of the, the steps. And they're like, nah, it's fine. It's like, fine. He's it's good. Fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about he's it. good. <laughs> yeah, he's good. He's tough. He's tough. He's tough. Then you record that and turn it into a Ghanaian coffin dancer meme. That's what yeah, you do. Right, there. There you go. When baby's looking just down the flight of steps in your life. I, uh, a lot of looming go. babies in the group Zoom calls for sure. <laughs> yeah. What's exactly. the most? Like, what do you think is the? What's the sweet spot for a Zoom hang? Like, what's the most? I mean, what are we capping it at? Four, to, four total. I would say. Yeah, it's like a podcast. Mm-hmm. It's. I I think it's similar to a podcast because Zoom doesn't do well with multiple people talking at the yeah. same time, and that also kind of fucks up podcasts and. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it does perfectly uh, mimic my parties because I always I only attend parties where there's a conch that uh, <laughs> only one person's allowed to talk at a time. But right. I, I can see how it gets weird for people who are who are used to normal parties. You, you got to sure. go Lord right. of the Fly style or nothing. Yeah. He always <laughs> yeah, cosplays nothing. as Piggy with his Asmar. That sounds like... <laughs> yeah. 
The conch shell thing sounds like something that would happen at like Jared Leto's. Um, <laughs> like, right. Like a, no, Jared you do started coke, a really cool thing this week. I really like you it. You do coke at Jared Leto's house. He has you guys like, look, dude, it gets way too out of control. None of y'all can talk unless you're holding a conch shell. Okay. So just, <laughs> that's the only way we're going to have this thing from staying on the rails. It's like you day, do a conch bump. Day yeah. 41 of him not knowing what COVID-19 is. <laughs> 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 The really scary thing about Jared Leto is that, like we talked about, how he kind of might have like a cultish thing starting, and people reached out and were like, "Yeah, but he's like really cool and like really nice." So, like, if you pay any attention, he's actually really charismatic in person, so it's not a cult. Yeah, right. (laughs) And he's like one of those people that like looks you in your eyes and like you can tell they care about you and like they actually care about what you're saying. Oh, you mean like a charismatic (laughs) leader? You mean like Tom Cruise, <laughs> which is every person's right. anecdote about working with Tom Cruise? Yeah. He goes around truly. to everybody on set. He shakes right. their hand. He says right. their name back to them. He says his name is Tom. Then he thanks everyone and like will do like the hand on that like double hand clap. Right. It's like, wow. Like, and he's a, like a normal man. Big, that sound, he, yeah, exactly. That like, he doesn't like have to baby. do that. That sounds like a four-year-old. <laughs> but he also, he has this energy though. If you look Tom Cruise in his eyes, he has this oh, power. Done. Like He makes you you're feel done, like the only yeah. person in the room. It's, it's I don't know. He's dialed it in. He's dialed in that trait. Yeah. No, but Cruise see, control. he remembers your name at the end of the conversation. So that's the thing. Oh, he knows yeah. all cool, the names. That's a cool trick. Yep. Okay, that remembers me. George <laughs> W. Bush, the other uh, king who has that ability uh, that we've the learned. The other king. People love yeah. George W. Bush. It's embarrassing. God damn it. I hate it so People much. People love him. People no, leave, love yeah, him. leave that fucking bullshit in the ground where it belongs. He does paintings now, guys. He's a, re- he's a reverse Hitler. <laughs> and finally, what is a myth? What's something people think is true you know to be false, Carl? Mm. Uh, long-standing thing that I've disagreed with. Everyone says on a first date, don't go to a place where you eat wings. Because it's messy, and that's not the kind of food you want to eat when you're having initial social contact with someone who you want to see if you want to date. But that is completely wrong. Mm -hmm. You want to get wings on your first date because it tells you so much about a person, how they approach the wing. If someone leaves meat on the bone, do you think they're going to fuck good? Do you think they're going to put in the work, the tongue and (laughs) mouth work to fuck good and make you come? No, they're not. And you can tell a lot about someone by the way they eat a wing. Are they lazy? <laughs> do, do they care? Do they care about themselves? Do they care about you? You can right. learn that in three wings. Why would you not go to get wing? Can, you can learn that from the order. And again, damn Carl, right. I mean, you speak it right, right to my heart, honey. I'm about to, there we go. I'm about to pick you up <laughs> right now for a wing date. The Zoom date continues. <laughs> He's Jack and I are actually it. just going to get out of here. I think that we've uh, done what we came here to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bring two lonely dudes together in a weird way right. over wings and cabbage. <laughs> he sexualized wings in a way I really liked. <laughs> the way he said flavor napkin. But yeah, what do you say? Like, to if do you? What about if they order boneless wings? Now, see, I don't, I don't want no, to jump. I'm leaving immediately if boneless is involved. Because I want to be like, wait, are you ordering that because you think about the whole wing thing? It's too sloppy. You want to do a fork and knife job. That's why yeah. you ordered boneless. Or is that truly yeah. your order boneless wings? Because those are, like I say, those are wings for cowards. Right. You want to know if they're ordering it because they're like, I'm scared to eat uh, off a bone in front of you. And then it's like, no, right. no, 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 no. Please be you. Do you. By all means. By all means. All right. Well, guys, let's talk about uh, Joseph Biden. Joseph Robinette. Is that his middle name? Yeah. Robinette. That's his middle name. What? Yeah, it's Robin Joseph R. Biden. Is, it's like some like, weird Robin thing. Robin Thick. Robin Thick. Yeah, Robin Thick. Joseph, it's like a Joseph small Robin. Robin. It's a Robinette. Yeah, it's Robinette. But I'm for the purposes of this show, he will now be known as Joseph Joe. Robin Thick Biden Jr. <laughs> Perfect vibe. So Biden returned a twenty-eight hundred dollar donation uh, to Louis C.K. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to feel about this other than uh, not care. How about you guys? Yeah, well, I think it's just I think it's just one of those things where it's like, uh, yeah, when you have a candidate who has been uh, has alle- sexual assault allegations against them, maybe when people start going through their don like donor list, you probably don't want Louis C.K. there. But at the right. same time, like they're being really quiet about it. Like a campaign spokesperson, like would only just be like, it's been refunded, and they're like. 
But uh, do you want to like further discuss the reason? They're like, no, it's just been refunded. No, what are you talking about? Ugh. We just didn't like uh, his last special. It's just, oh, it's just <laughs> like every angle you come at it is gross. It's yeah. just like, well, great. If one molester refuses to take money from another molester, I don't know. the The world is still a fucking like pile of ash. Like, what do you like? What do you want? I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if it's like one of those things they wanted people to know happened that they didn't want people I to feel know like happened. They did. Yeah, because no. Well, I, but it's just weird because no matter what, I, at least f- for some people who would take the allegations against Biden seriously, you'd be like, this thing just feels, it just looks weird no matter, like you're saying, no matter how right. you're talking about it. It's like, yeah, it could be a stunt. Kid. It could be a PR stunt. <laughs> right. Jesus. Ugh, like, su- that's that's like, how grim the Biden campaign is. Like, we need to get some action in here. Also, right. em- just embarrassing for everyone that like anyone that, that even like Louis C.K. like who's horrible had to be outed as a Biden donor. Like it's just yeah, like exactly. <laughs> it's all fucking bleak. Oh God, so grim. Is he in hiding? Like currently, what what is uh what do we think their strategy is for the Biden? Keep campaign? him away it's from the camera at all costs. I mean, he's he's doing some appearances the last week. Okay. He's been on like he's talk shows. More, They're just like yeah. not picking up traction or whatever. I mean, like in his defense, just in terms of like the flow of like you know, if you have the nomination wrapped up, like you you you'll take a little bit of a break from the trail to like yeah. just kind of okay. reset yourself right. for the the main push and figure it out. Senior but like, spring, you know, coast for a little bit. <laughs> but it's still like there's a fucking national emergency going on. <laughs> like he right. should I I I've been like encouraged that he's been doing like more than I expected, which is just like more than he did before Bernie dropped out basically, but like I mean he's done like a few of those live streams. I haven't watched any of them, but He's done they're not some compelling. pretty hard to watch. There, I mean, it's like I guess he's like at least trying to look like he might be doing some things. I'm like, all right. I uh, think. I mean, the only good. thing that's good I, to know. I didn't know he was trying to do that. I thought he was still like in that uh, weird green screen. Uh, he's like semi. Room. He's around. The he's bar around. is low. As long as his eye yeah. doesn't start bleeding, it's like okay, he's holding it together. Right. Cool. Right. Yeah. 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 I think just and also because now they're like okay, well, since we have our chance to basically compare you. Uh, to directly to Trump during all this and give some people some kind of juxtaposition to use going into the election. But yeah, I think the only thing I care about to hear is what whoever the VP pick is going to be. Uh, because if there are people saying, like, it could be Amy Klobuchar, it could be oh, whoever. Man. I'm like, I don't know. Please don't do that. The least you can do is pick a woman of color. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. I, ugh, I've, I've honestly not been paying very close attention to what Joe Biden does. It, yeah, bums me out. Nor at the same time, man. I mean, it's not like some club momentum could hurt, you know? Right. I mean, right. you get That's that true. club momentum on board, it's just did, chugga he, chugga choo choo. He did that really <laughs> awkward appearance the other day. I don't even remember what it was on, but he was just like, yeah. He was like doing a jokey VP announcement. He's like, yeah, I choose Julia Louise Dreyfus. I'm like, go away. Oh, oh <laughs> get out of here. I choose Selena. I'm like, do, is the joke that she's a horrible person and you're like, what are you doing? I just can't. <laughs> Julia Louise. Julia I, Louise. It's going to be a long time till November. It is. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I just can pardon It's like, I choose Catwoman herself, Selena Kyle. As my <laughs> vice president, what the fuck, Joe? Everyone's what? Like, go Joe. to bed. No, Come but out when she was black and Halle Berry. Sleepy Ugh. Joe. It's a funny name. Trump is good at one thing: <laughs> making up insulting nicknames. nicknames. Sleepy Joe is on I, target. I can, and that's what it could devolve into. Or it's just going to be oh which my God, old of man can be has the nastier mouth. And of course, I'm sorry. No. Those like pony face dragon ninja warrior <laughs> insults are just going to confuse people. Like he's going to need his 1920 slurs. Yeah. Like oh my goodness. Yeah, you street urchin. Okay. What? <laughs> I lo- I do like Carl. You you said uh, senior spring, and I think that's a good way of uh, th- thinking. Oh, he's coasting. I mean, yeah. Right I think now. the more they keep him out from doing anything substantial, the the less he can fuck up. And it's like, yeah, he's already got the nomination. Yeah. It's like, you know, we're what are we even doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, guys, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. And as uh, just the general kind of zeitgeist of the nation continues to move towards eating the rich, 
I feel like the rich are not aware of that because they're just getting richer and richer and richer. Um, America's <laughs> billionaires are up 10% for right. the coronavirus. They've gained $282 billion since coronavirus hit and everybody lost their jobs. So, yeah, that's just something to keep in mind, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I, well, again... The media is doing a great job. I've not. Where have the pieces been? Have been like, where the fuck is Tom Steyer and Bloomberg, who were acting like they had right. the fucking answers to everything, and their big dick wallets could unlock the secrets of the Matrix, etc. Where the <laughs> fuck are they? Like, shut the fuck up. And I think, and again, this is gonna, this isn't going to happen because when you have like these larger news networks, they can't suddenly like put the focus on like their bosses. But mm -hmm. that's really right. what this is all boiling down to is like the buck stops at a certain point because they can't take the national discourse to like, yeah, man, my boss is trash. And the companies that advertise with us, they can fuck off because they're fucking people right. over. But let's talk about yeah. Trump. He's confused. That's why shit like QAnon conspiracy flourishes because there's like the official narrative is so garbage and it's clearly so divorced from any reality that anyone's living. It's like, of course, people are going to start investing in some weird fringe shit because like at least it's something at least it's right you know something that's engaging <laughs> them where they are yeah i fully agree i mean it's gonna be whatever happens it's gonna be invisible or derided by the mainstream media but i i think somebody has to lead a more tethered to reality version of of whatever uh, revolution is coming because the the other option like you said is q or it's going to be these people who are being uh, astroturfed through right. like libertarians and shit. like cynical yeah. billionaires. Yeah, like the right. the sacrifice the weak thing is really a a true sign of where I think some some of this distress is coming out. Uh, at least the distress on the right. So the billionaires are are shrewd enough to re aim the people's anger and frustration at poor people, people who are out of work, sick people, scientists, and right. doctors. Like, that's that's where they're uh, aiming it now. And it's working. It, it yeah. is working. I mean, it's like we're crowdfunding, like, half the fucking country right now just to, like, help right. people. Like, and uh, I, I mean, I... I feel like there should be some sort of media. I mean, it's never going to happen because billionaires own most media outlets, but uh, there should be some sort of like kibosh on uh, celebrating when a billionaire gives a like what seems like a large amount of money to relief for anything because it's like it's nothing to them. Right. And, and it just and it just like how and, and it, it totally ignores like what, what you're talking about was which is that they're profiting off of this and then they're giving away like what less than a percent of the profit they're making off of this pandemic happening. And it, it just like it should be treated the same way that we like don't mention or don't like glorify school shooters like don't congratulate a billionaire on doing something. Don't give them that kind of attention. That's literally what they want. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it always helps that narrative of like, they're so generous because they yeah. gave away 0.03% of their wealth. What have you done to help? Did yeah. you do that? Well, that's it's like, exactly. I don't know, proportionately, actually, yeah, more than you. <laughs> yeah. Mathematically, more. Technically, well, it, so right. fuck you. It's ridiculous. Like, and yeah, I mean, I feel like that, like, there are, I mean, Bill Gates definitely comes to mind of like someone who, like has given a lot, but it's like that a lot of his reputation is built on like, oh, he's a giver. It's like, well, he fucking has a lot. <laughs> like, Philanthropy is a scam. Same, right. yeah. Like same for like Elon Musk will do that every once in a while, oh and my God. We'll, like give. And I can't. Fu I mean, I just fucking can't. Did you see the thing with the ventilators where he's like, I'm sending these ventilators. I'm helping everyone. They're like not ventilators or CPAP machines. They don't even work <laughs> right. for COVID. And he's like, job well done. Time to hit the road. He sent 500 cabbages to a hospital. Like, you're just like, what? Like, <laughs> fucking useless. Send it to me, Elon. <laughs> Send it to Carl. I do feel like Gates is probably in a different category than Bezos and Elon Musk in that, like, he gives away at least a significant portion of his money, whereas Bezos is like, I grant uh, well, $1 million, yeah. which is like 0 .001. Nothing. But nothing. the big thing... That the the billionaire class has done is 
in the background, since 1980, the taxes paid by billionaires as a percentage of their wealth has dropped 79%. So they've you know successfully taken over the political uh, system so that they no longer have to pay taxes. And then anything they do to help people because there's no longer a safety net to help poor people or sick people when there's a fucking pandemic, uh, they then get to pat themselves on the back, but they're really giving significantly less than they have any right to give. I'm an accelerationist yeah. now. How bad is shit going to get? Let's, let's, the silver lining of this is let's see how bad shit gets until it breaks. Cause you know, if this isn't going to do it, what's going to fucking do it? Yeah. Right. It's like, then just cut to the chase. What the fuck? I just think it's going to go in the direction of anti-science, anti-doctor rather That's than anti-science. In America. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, it's hard, like on some level, I, I see that possibility, but then it's like one of those things where we all know on some level, right? Like if you can't fix a car, you're not going to try and fix your car. You will concede that someone with that knowledge exists and that they can probably help you. And those are like, that's like kind of a fundamental thing. Most people have, except for like some quirky relatives who claim to know how to do every fucking thing. But like, right. I think on some level too, when it push comes to shove, I feel like someone would, it's going to take a very specific kind of person to like reject expert help. And when it comes to a moment that they themselves need it and then be like, yeah, yeah, I don't need that. Cause we see people like, it's like a lot of fringe, like religious groups that get into shit where it's like so anti-science. Like, no man, I just had to get more snake bites and then my right. cough would go <laughs> away. Like, right. right. That plays out. But I think on some level, most people know, like, fuck, I want to go to a doctor. Like, a doctor help me helps mm -hmm. me feel better. Like, that still exists. So I'm, I, I don't know, like, what exactly that effect is going to have. Because it's not like saying, the treatments they have given us are no longer effect. I guess that's really where it has to go for that right. sort of trust to break. Yeah. Yeah, I should be uh, less focused on those people probably because they are still a statistically insignificant part of the population but that's and true i'm i guess i'm but, being swayed by some pretty startling imagery but yes. when it comes to the amount of money that is being put behind trying to organize them that's what scares me a little bit well right. i guess what i'm yeah. saying is it's 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 of course astroturfing works 100 percent. that's how you take like a fucking 95 5 issue and turn it into a 30 70 somehow like overnight right and yeah but the but i think the difference is the the sentiment right of the tea party wasn't that like we need to have fucking less government overreach in these death panels it's like i hate that the president is black that's why I'm right. Out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's they don't. They never said that. Right. Right. But the bottom line is that's what they were only there fighting for. Because when push came to shove and they were going to take their Obamacare away, look what the fuck happened. They were screaming, "Don't take it away." <laughs> so it's just like right now, it's put more black and brown people at risk by forcing them back to work, or put like poor people who I don't know at risk back to work. Because that's not. It's gonna about the it. economy, it's and then they get into like a Confederate flag yeah. lifted truck, and you're like, okay, exactly. Cool. And but they're not going to say like it's because I really feel that there are fundamental issues with our medical system and how the doctors are actually in the uh, the scientists are approaching this. It's it's another thing. Like we're they're using the shutdown now, but it's always going to all roads lead back to some form of xenophobia, white supremacy, and they're misogyny, good at weaponizing that anger, right? All right. Well, let's look at who is specifically working. So we've talked about how there's different people in the president's cabinet who are tied to these uh, protests like that. That is essentially being pushed by the same people who uh, are working for Trump in the White House and working on his behalf in the 2020 election. But let's look at who he specifically, you know, he talks about how he only puts the best people on the best everything the best. uh and this being the biggest problem in the history of the modern world you'd think that that would just be where he like goes into the well and pulls out the very very best people oh man he just took that dipper and dipped it into the celestial waters and what he brought <laughs> back up was something straight out of a fucked up nightmare so alex azar <laughs> who was that secretary of health and human services and former pharma ghoul, like CEO, like pharmaceutical. <laughs> anyway, that's who the head of HHS is. He, he appointed his most trusted aide, 
to run the day-to-day response from HHS to coordinate all those day-to-day things around the pandemic. This is so great. But read this. I just want to read this excerpt from uh, like the early days of this task force when his most trusted aide was leading the way, a man by the name of Brian Harrison. The HHS role was to muster resources from key public health agencies, the CDC, FDA, National Institutes of Health, Office of Global Affairs, and the Assistant Secretary for Preparedness and Response. Harrison decided, the sources say, to exclude FDA Commissioner Stephen Hahn from the task force. Quote, he said he didn't need to be included, end quote. Okay, hmm. so that's the guy who's doing that. You look a little bit deeper. This man has no public like health policy experience, no public health uh, experience, no science medical experience aside from working with this man. And when you look a little bit more into his biography, you see that he ran a small business in Texas, um, end quote, in his personal biography. And when you look deeper into personal disclosure forms, he sold a business that he ran up until he joined the administration from 2012 to 2018 called Dallas Labradoodles, a company no. selling Australian Labradoodles. No. That's what this dude, his one of his like businesses was. We're so his, beyond satire. Yeah. <laughs> How do you mock this shit? This what are we doing? Horrible writing. Oh no. Right. If this was in a script, yep. you'd be like, I don't know. We need to rework this. We got notes. It's a reach. Yep. Yeah. So Whoa. he was in charge of like cutting people in and out of the loop when it came to. The yeah. Response. Or just saying as health and human services, because we're, we're, you know, we have a major role in this coordinating with everyone. You're going to help coordinate this response. Cut out the FDA commissioner, the food and drug, whatever. I mean, this is and who knows what the fuck kind of petty bullshit's going on where it's like whether he actually believed they didn't need to be included or there's just some stupid pol- personal politics shit trying to be shady. But at the end of the day, we're putting people in charge who have no business being in charge, not to mention right. the doctor who was supposed to lead all the vaccine research mm-hmm. was basically ousted because he kept saying, yo, knock it off with the hydroxychloroquine shit. There's nothing scientific that suggests this is worth it. Let's put the money into like how we actually do things in science Next thing you know, he's right. like, oh, I'm, I found myself oh, on no. the outside of that group now. They have, yeah, yeah. they like a hole opened up in the floor. Right. <laughs> and he's just like, Where'd that guy go? I'm... What guy? Exactly. Real quick, that guy, Brian Harrison, the Labradoodle guy, I just want to make it clear that it's not like he had one wacky job on a resume that was otherwise full of experience in public health policy. He has none. Nothing to do with science or the medical field. He's just... No. Just a rando. He's just a good guy. Well, and like worked with him at a like at a company. Like he's been in the private sector. He's just a private right. sector guy who happened to hitch his wagon hitch his wagon to the star of Alex Azar, uh, and th- right. that's where he ended up. Wait, really? Good. Uh, what do we know about the Labradoodles? Were they good? Uh, where are they at I now? Mean, were they good boys? So, were they good boys? What do we know they, about that? Were the Labradoodles good boys? The, apparently, when uh, the when Reuters asked Health and Human Services specifics on how much he had sold the business for, $225,000 is what that business was worth when he sold that it. That is not a lot of money for a business to be worth, right? Uh, who knows? Maybe it was all inventory. I mean, I don't know what the process is. is. The Does inventory he have dogs? fuck facilities? Does he use... Yeah. In vitro, right. is there a fertilization technique? We don't know. I mean, look, we don't know. I don't. Do I, I have quarter to rip. Quarter million dollar worth of dogs. I'm I'm willing to continue investigating. This. I would also love him to come on and we treat him like it's an episode of Shark Tank. We need answers. <laughs> we need fucking answers. <laughs> and what are your operating costs right now, Brian? Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> and the boys were yeah. they good? <laughs> <laughs> so I've had a hard time just following what the president. Like what his stance is, what his uh, plan is for various things, and it turns out uh, it's because like he just like changes his mind. He just like uh, <laughs> says psych every time he like puts out a big notion. It's, like I don't know if he's just lying. Like it's like he's saying nah, just kidding, pump faking, or he's just like like Tony Morrison's stream of consciousness beloved storytelling, where he'll just like says whatever is coming to mind that at the time without making sure it's connecting like Violence he says against tony morrison i mean look i love that book, <laughs> uh, and the reason i bring that up is because i remember my mind being blown I'm like it um, to my teacher i'm like it goes all over the place and shout out to miss nelson my uh, ap literature teacher in high school was like 
that's what it's supposed to be. It's the stream of consciousness style of storytelling. But it's about something at the end. You're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's going somewhere. It is going somewhere. I just meant stream of consciousness. However, okay, no Toni Morrison slander here. But yeah. You know, every week there's been something wild that the president said. It was total authority over the states. I don't, what's the constitution? I'm number one authority. Then there was a thing where he said, like, I told the Navy to shoot down any Iranian ships who want to step to us. The Navy was like, we have not heard any such directive come from anywhere. Not the Pentagon, not anybody. I don't even know what this man is talking about. We don't have orders like that. Then... Uh, yesterday, we we're talking about the immigration ban. How we, and we were like, how can he, what does that mean? How can he do that? Well, now we find out that's just another fucking bullshit thing because now they're just saying, oh, they're just putting a hold on green cards for 60 days. I, like, yeah. I think really we're seeing how desperate this whole pandemic is. Like, normally he'll say some shit and he'll typically follow through somewhat in some way. But like the frequency of these ones where he's just like pump faking, like it's like three well, he's a week like now. He's like been in the same like lying and making idiotic grandiose statements like got him to be president. Like he doesn't have another mode. But now that he's in like a legitimate life or death crisis, he's like, I, can I just keep doing the same stuff? Uh, yeah, what? Right. Uh, I don't know what's yeah. uh, he's a fucking idiot. I mean, what are pedal you- to the metal. And uh, there's a new Gallup poll that suggests that some people, you know, we talked on yesterday's episode about how old people, uh, since they're the most at risk, might uh, it might be getting real for them because they're starting to not prefer him in polls against uh, Robinette. But now it, it just seems like his numbers Rob are Dick. going in the wrong direction for uh, in this latest Gallup poll. Most people prefer their local governor over him like by right. quite a bit. 68% say they had a great deal or fair amount of confidence in terms of their ability to make the right decisions for the state from an economic basis. Because they're asking, I'm like, what do you think about the? Is your governor killing a state? And most people are like, no, 68% were saying that. And only 47% felt that they had any kind of confidence uh, in anything he was saying about That's the a good economy. perspective to have. You know, it's like, you know, you heard the news stories about, oh, Trump's like popularity's up. But it's like, Trump's not really that popular. He no, no, to an he's, extent. Like he's like your the character you select when you're playing a video game, and that's about it. <laughs> right. For a president, uh, he is unpopular, but for Trump, he is at uh, like near the most popular uh he's been since since he took office. I mean, I I I guess we'll like know when we know, but I, I'm <laughs> I want to be optimistic that like he's got a base that he's never going to lose. Like there is that right. chunk that you're like you're not going to change their minds. Don't waste your time. But it but it seems like there are a lot of people, especially old people who voted for him in the first election out of frustration, whatever it is, whatever latent shit they have going on that would not vote for him again. And it's just a matter of like but is it enough people? I think there's right. also like the enthusiasm gap though. It's like you like you said Trump has his hardcore base They'll vote for him no matter what. But it's like, no one's enthusiastic about Biden. In 2016, like half yeah. the country stayed home. It's like, that could happen again easily. Who cares? Like, no one's energized or enthused or brought into this process by Biden. And it's like, it, who, who's enthusiastic about Robinette? No one's going to like risk their lives, especially exactly. if by November where we're at. Like, risking your yeah. life to go out and vote for Joe Biden is a very depressing prospect. Oh my God! It's I've always said Joe Biden is the Robinette to Obama's Batmanette. There. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Uh, there it is. Oh, the California raisinettes. Looks with the skin of with the skin of a raisinette. Uh, I mean, I think the thing though, when you look at even the, with Trump's numbers, you know, with in terms of trust of local governors over him in states like you know Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan that were like vital to him winning, those are a lot of the places too where his support isn't as good anymore because they're looking at a state where like they're going toe to toe with my governor who I believe actually knows my state and cares about what's going on here. And it's like, why is this guy coming at my governor when I actually do believe like we need to be safe. And on top of that, you have Mitch McConnell saying, you know, what about, what about more stimulus cash going to States that are truly like cash strapped. And he's saying, well, maybe they should just go bankrupt. And people are saying, Go, well, I'm sorry, what the fuck? That is not a good campaign ad for the GOP right now. Especially yeah, you're like, you do know this is your country, right? Like, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah. Did you know that Mitch McConnell's kids hate him? Like, of they, course. yeah, right. 
He has like liberal like daughters who are liberal All these guys activists kids hate them. and just fucking despise him, uh, which I was thrilled to learn. I I've briefly fell down a hole of looking at Paul Ryan's teenage daughter's TikTok. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and by briefly, she, you mean hours. It was yeah. you know time is a construct. By briefly, there, it's on a loop on a television. It behind was you. a bit. She had this whole long ass story about how she was skiing because of course she was, and she mm. and she like hit Mark Zuckerberg on the slopes. She like Relatable. ran into him. Yeah, she says it was uh, him, and then people in the commenters are like, "You're a liar! It's not him! It, it's the lowest stakes controversy." But all these people's children uh, hate, and and they're all on TikTok. Look up GOP kids on TikTok. It's <laughs> it, it's, does she, it's my dark. Does she web. Uh, like? Does she acknowledge she hates him, or is it more of a like tacit? No, there's nothing explicit that I saw. I didn't watch the whole right. feed, but there's but there's but some you could stuff just, where like, it, sense in her TikToks. Well, it's hard to tell. I mean, it's like I don't know how much she politically differs from her dad, <laughs> or how much she's just like a teenage girl that's like, so my dad, ugh. And you're just Come on, like, Jamie, um, Jack clearly needs you to just say that she hates him, and it's clear. You can like tell she from hates her dances. Daddy so much. Yeah, you can. Yeah, like, more tell importantly, her. is she good yes. at dancing? She hates. Right. She, she knows she's a storyteller. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna wow. stop Perfect. promoting her. One TikTok of those now. TikToks. There. Yeah. Oh, one of those dancers. A narrative TikToker. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I'm not a dancer. I'm a storyteller. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm both a dancer and a storyteller. I tell a story <laughs> through my dance. I'd hate uh, to narrowly define my art as just dance or storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> you right. see them dance, you're like, oh, that's why you said that. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about uh, Olive Garden Prom. And we're back. And so is the Olive Garden Woo! at number one in our I just, hearts. They need to go. At, look, everyone now more than ever is doing wow. their part to bring smiles to faces as they have for years. Um, yeah. And like some of these like, you know, PR stunt things are just, this one is such a hey fellow, it reeks of hey fellow kids kind of like marketing that it's just hilarious. So I love it. Olive Garden, yes, it is the spot for teenagers to feel like they're balling. To be like, oh, let's yeah. go. Like, if you're 15, 6, my mom will drop. I have enough to eat at Olive Garden. We will pretend we can tip after this meal. And then when the bill comes, everyone's like, what? No. Right. Yeah. It's a right, good, like, exactly. an I went on, like, an anniversary date, oh. quote, unquote, in high school to Olive Garden. To We're like, holy shit. Yeah. Oh. Exciting. Thank you for the hospitaliano. And you're like, so <laughs> the they of the, apparently they refer to themselves as quote the unofficial pre prom restaurant, which actually kind of tracks with my own experiences of being like, yeah, yep, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, hit the Olive Garden, the OG. So now they're doing like again doing their part because in these difficult times, now more than ever, <laughs> they want to bring us together. So, amid coronavirus panic, Olive Garden amid, throws prom. I'm so yeah, glad exactly. they have my back. I feel good about it. <gasps> So with hashtag Olive Garden prom, basically they're saying like kids can take a picture by themselves. Like someone takes a photo of you in your prom outfit and then their date do the same thing. And then if you submit it together with the hashtag, someone will stitch the photos together and make it seem like last unfurloughed employee. Okay, that's a really really mean thing to do. I hope that they're, I mean, I hope that their hourly rate is good for doing that horrible task. This is also what's even worse is some like they have an app where you can do they have downloadable prom breadstick bouquets, which feature. So those are like okay. ones they can ju- like lay on top of the photo with things Miles. like Cavatappi Queen or Prince of Parmesan and Breadstick Bay. This is still less embarrassing to me than John Krasinski's weird YouTube channel. So I don't yes. know. Yes. Wow. I, I got okay. roasted the last time I made fun of John Krasinski's weird YouTube channel. But guess what? It's fucking weird. I'm with you on that one. I haven't. I can't bring myself to watch it because I'm like, I don't want to hear from John Krasinski outside of an ep- uh, me watching want The to. Office. You high. definitely don't want he to. Did, he, d- he did a prom episode of his creepy YouTube channel. And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't need this. I will say like, all these food companies are getting in trouble for taking small business bailout money. Like Shake Shack took all this money and then they had to give yeah. it back. Ruth Chris right. took it. Ruth. Olive Garden, 
not taking that bailout. They're just helping teens during this troubling dark time. We're in this together. Cheesecake Factory, they're like, we don't need the we don't need the bailout. We're just not gonna pay rent. And you're like, oh <laughs> yeah. sick. They're right. like, they're like, what are you sick. gonna do, landlord? We're the, the Cheesecake power. Factory. Yeah, you yeah. can't. They're untouchable. What are you gonna do to us? I know I'm being overly sympathetic to them, but I just um I, I would go to Olive Garden prom before I go to John Krasinski prom. If it comes to that, that's where I, that's where my loyalty lies. Olive Everybody's Garden. gonna have to choose oh, yeah. a side when the revolution comes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that would tip off the revolution. Cheesecake Factory getting evicted, that's when people fucking rise up. Yeah. yeah oh fuck. That would yeah. be the end. Comrade Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> God, people love that John Krasinski show so much. The Do they? some good news. It but uh, love it. it makes uh, sense. It's so it's so transparent on its surface out. why people watch it. Like it's he it's like any idea anyone would have. You know what people could really use right now? Something you can watch that doesn't isn't gonna stress you out, that'll put a smile on your face, and then you can go back to your cruel world. But like I'm just too cynical to be like, I don't want that. I want to watch more Oz. There, uh-huh. well, it's got to be better than Jack Ryan. <laughs> exactly. Exactly what I'm saying. Um, speaking of uh, Hey Fellow Kids marketing tactics. So Stakeem, you've probably heard, has like this damn near killed Twitter him. persona. Stakeem damn near killed him. Oh, right. uh, they have this Twitter persona where they're like really dark and they're like, Friendly reminder in times of uncertainty and misinformation, anecdotes are not data. Like saying things that are actually true in sort of an angsty way where it's like, huh, that's so weird that it's coming from Stakem, the uh, company that sells shitty fake meat. Well, it turns out it's the work of the marketing firm that they hired, uh, which mm. probably pretty obvious. Uh, but the firm's owner got their 28-year-old son, Nathan, to write the tweets. Wow. Uh, according to Nathan, he Nate, tries to embody <laughs> the, quote, brand features, like how it was a family-owned oh, frozen meat company built by the working class, uh, which isn't true. We'll get to that. But uh, yeah. And he says he tries to personify the brand using, quote, his own thoughts and and quote adaptable human esque style. That's so Ugh. like so. His dad is just like Nate. You're depressed, right? Write something <laughs> down. Hey, here, here. Get off TikTok and get into my company's account. <laughs> Hell yeah! I'm gonna give you the login for the Stakeum Twitter. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Go. Oh. Just tweet what you normally would. Just tweet what you normally yeah. would. I'm surprised the account has a tweet. Some of that millennial bullshit. <laughs> yeah, like something about like his bitch ex-girlfriend yet like at That's some point so isn't nathan funny. gonna slip up and forget he's logged into the yeah. stake the meltdown is coming well it's definitely going through his stage mom or stage dad of a uh you know the company owner his dad his employer who's like come on nate this is shit like can you imagine yeah. what the relationship is like <laughs> between them what is this shit this is what they like, Dad. Everybody's sad. Pelting him with like legal notepads filled with tweet like drafts that he's like, none of these are Garbage. good enough. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. These are not human esque enough. <laughs> more human. This is it, Stakeums. It's just like a dad. The dad says it. Like, I just, I hope that they still live together and they like have <laughs> breakfast together. And he's like, uh-huh, uh, yeah. Nate, I've really been loving your work. Um, but I would love if you mentioned steak once. Like, <laughs> just, yeah. just fucking once, Nate. So their ultimate goal is obviously to sell Stakeums, uh, which, like, that's literally like, Poison. So that that's one thing that like I, I hadn't really thought about what Steakums was. I just knew it as like a what weird is, frozen is it food thing. Not is it for people? It started when a uh, person whose like family business was uh, meat shipping realized that they could form the emulsified meat product that is comprised of beef trimmings left over after the animal is slaughtered and all the primary cuts. Uh, such as tenderloin filet and ribeye are removed. So this is like the leftovers. Uh, the We're leaving all this meat, money on the ground. <laughs> the emulsified meat is pressed into a loaf and sliced, frozen and packaged, and then they turn it into steakum. Yeah, so the son of a meat packer invented a log of beef byproducts 
uh, which his dad promptly threw at him, shouting, nobody is ever going to buy this shit. And then they sold this quote-unquote family company to Heinz back in 1980. But I, I do like that Stakem started with a terrible father-son relationship and uh, is now ending with one. Company tradition. Then there was someone who tried to start a rumor that that guy Nathan was the son of David Koresh from I the Branch Davidians. Wait, what? <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. So in Waco, <laughs> in, in our timeline, that could be fucking true, though. That like awful ATF FBI raid that like ended with like eighty people dying. That they were saying that <laughs> someone was trying to say that Nathan was the son of David Koresh, and people were like, "Yeah, yep. that makes sense." Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow! 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 Okay. That tracks. I have a uh, entire epic uh, screenplay that I wrote in my early twenties about the son of David Koresh. <laughs> yeah, you, you did. Do. Wait, can yeah, we do man. a Santa University style? I don't know read where it, it is, but dramatic uh, reading. Yeah. Let's go. Put some time in. You know where it is. Uh, it's in a safe you know deposit exactly box. Exactly where it's, it is. That I that I mailed to myself. Wow. Uh, release the manuscript. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can somebody track down who spread that rumor? Because I'm going to sue them for trademark. <laughs> I think that, that was my that's idea like, <laughs> that David Koresh's son goes viral. That's oh the first God. piece of terrible advice you get when you try to become a writer. Is someone yeah, goes, exactly. yeah, dude, and then just mail the script to yourself, yeah, to and yourself. then you're good, dude. Copyright. No that's one right. Fifteen years it. later. Yeah. So I I am kind of obsessed with David Koresh and Waco and that whole thing. And uh, there is a new miniseries on. I was watching it. Yeah. Is it good? Is it good? I haven't watched it. Uh, it's funny because there's so many people from Boardwalk Empire in it. Like Michael Shannon. They got Michael Shannon. Nookie's brother. And then the other blonde guy who was like the Polish guy. Anyway, yeah, I don't right. know any of that. I'm terrible with the names. I just remember their character. But it was weird for me Cream to watch the it. the character actor crop. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. like, this is all Boardwalk Empire. Anyway, I very quickly like started blowing through the episodes. I'm like maybe at episode four right now, and I'm still okay. kind of enjoying it. You know who's going to end up like David Koresh? Who? Mm. Jared Leto. Oh. Jared Leto, yeah, yeah. That's where well, it's Jared Leto is actually David Koresh's son. father. Yeah. I heard that on Twitter. <laughs> Jared Leto is secretly old. I like that theory. The series is well acted and it's told in a cool way because like I've I've I was pretty interested in the whole Waco Branch Davidians incident and had watched like like you know all the news documentaries and stuff about it but yeah. this one's kind of cool the dra- dra- dramatization cuz they start with the day the raid happens. And then they like just smash cut to like nine months later. So they give you, they kind of sandwich the whole thing for you nicely in the first episode. Hell yeah. Should that be our rewatch? Nah. Fuck nah. <laughs> also, it's made it's made by uh, the guys who made that like Daniel Craig racist movie where like oh. he's in a foreign country. Is it Daniel Craig? Like he's in a foreign country, but like it's basically very straight up like white people versus terrorists. Um, That's Jack Ryan. Yeah. Jack Ryan. Yep. <laughs> Jack Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. Right, right, right. That's starring the Some Jack Good Ryan. News Network guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I like that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I got to find it. But the writers, directors of that are the people behind like some really whack shit. All right. So, guys, let's let's talk real quick. What, what are we thinking for our rewatch over the weekend uh, uh, that we can go deep with people on? I, I'm uh, feeling very indecisive this week. I don't know. Miles, it's your decision. I was going to suggest National Treasure, but we just did that on the Bechtel cast. I would talk about it again, though. Do it again. Well, let's not cannibalize your your takes there since you they've, they can find the, that gold. No, on she's your got show. takes ready to go. Sure. <laughs> I'm like, to go. these are the same ones from the show. <laughs> <laughs> these are stale takes. It. Oh, these are stale takes. Should we do Men in Black? I thought we were t- we were dancing around that one. I'm down to do Men in Black. Yeah, Men in Get Black is it. widely available too, right? It's it's, it's on, on Netflix, uh, I think. Okay, well then, Men in Black it is. That's a good one. Lots of people have seen it. Lots of people will be able to rewatch it if they want to get go deep again. Barry uh, Sonnenfeld. Right. Barry, Barry Sonnenfeld, who is just a network favorite. We love him. It's uh, true. You yeah. love him, folks. You gotta love him. I dude, I loved this movie so much. Because I was such a Will Smith fan as a kid, I had the screenplay that I would read oh, over and wow. over and over again that I bought that at Bookstore. Wow. Precious. Yes. That is amazing. Honestly, I would used to tell people all the time, I'll make this look good. <laughs> <way> Great <too> line. 
very, you know good. what the difference between you and me is? I make this <laughs> look good. Mom. That was like the. Then he like, puts on the sunglasses. That was like the yeah. more swaggy version for like black kids rather than saying, like, somebody stop me. <laughs> like, yeah, I make this look good. You know what I mean? By far um, the better option. I was that. That's I was so the mask kid. I was like nailed. It. <laughs> yeah. No, but you know, I was also mask. I was Do also mask gang. You go know? in there, smoking. <laughs> oh, what do you guys know then. about Cuban Pete? Oh, oh he's a king There's of so many, beat. So many kids whose entire sense of humor was Jim Carrey impressions in the like and early nineties. Oh yep. yeah, checking yeah. in, checking in. Hello. And it- <laughs> All right. Well, so Men in Black it is. Everybody uh, rewatch that this weekend. We will be back on Monday to uh, talk about it and just, just analyze. Pick it apart, eviscerate it. Carl, it's been a pleasure having you, man. Where can people Thank you guys uh, find so you and follow you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at Carl Hess. That's K-A-R-L-H-E-S-S. Nailed it. Um, I also have a food podcast called Yelling About Pate. If you want more cabbage takes, talk about a cabbage <laughs> a lot on there. Uh, that's at Yap Pod on Instagram, Y A P P O D. All right. And is there a tweet or some other work, a uh, social media you've been enjoying? Yes. I really like this one from a guy named Cullen Crawford at Hello Cullen. Yeah. Just yeah. do a show where Elaine, Seinfeld, and Kramer were murdered in jail and Costanza has to readjust to society. <laughs> <laughs> Genius idea. Genius. Uh, uh, that's so good. Jamie, where can people find you and what's the tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, you can find me on uh, twitter.com slash Jamie Loftus help or on Instagram at Jamie Christ Superstar. And I'm going to shout out the goddamn January Jones video. It's hey. so good. Oh, it's, shit. I was I was not following January Jones on Instagram because my why I didn't know I should have been. Uh, but uh, my friend Cassie Olson at Olson Cassidy reposted uh, something that January Jones had posted, which is her trying to make one of those like celebrity stay at home videos about like how gardening has helped her, but which would which would have sucked. But her eight year old son is directing the video and he keeps like making her stop and start over and it just like devolves into gray gardens in the first 30 seconds where oh, she's I in this it. like robe and he's like cut i need more emotion and she's like i disagree <laughs> i don't think i need more emotion like she's like taking his direction so seriously how old she's is like all right is the son he's eight and she's but january <laughs> jones she's just a weird lady like and then when i looked at her instagram i'm like oh she's a weird lady like she's like posting all these videos of her sweeping her house wearing masks and you're just like i don't know what's going on with her but she takes her son's direction so seriously and by the end he's kind of like broken her a little bit and she's just like i just don't know what you want me to do like i think his name's like xander because he's like some rich kid but he's like she's like xander i just don't know what you want me to do he's like do it again (laughs) do it right it's so good you have to watch it xander dane (laughs) yeah of course xander jones if you don't (laughs) Say action right now. Xander Dane Jones. Uh, Miles, where can people find you and follow you? And what's the tweet you've been enjoying? Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Miles of Grey. On my other show, 420 Day Fiance, talking about 90 Day Fiance with Sophia Alexandra. Uh, some tweets I like. But God damn. This one just cuts right through my spirit. It's from Reductress. It says, how I'm staying sane by jogging and telling everyone about how I'm jogging. <laughs> that's, oh, uh, that's about me right about that's the now guys you ball. gotta jog let me tell you baby it's so meditative uh and also <laughs> one more from reductress quiz have you made the bon appetit focaccia yet or do you live with someone you can fuck <laughs> <laughs> feel that feel that at Tweet Potatoes 314 tweeted, Priest, the groom has chosen to write his vows. Me. Hi, everyone. I'd like to perform an acapella version of the song that most perfectly encapsulates my bride, the beautiful and amazing Grace. Audience, ah, me into mic. It's been. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then Ada MacVN tweeted, Daily reminder that turtles are not inside their shells. They are their shells. And it's a picture of like a turtle skeleton. And apparently they are like there's not a shell really. 
and Natalie Rotter Lateman <laughs> tweeted, imagine getting this reminder daily. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, footnotes. where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on. Miles, what is that going to be today? Going to go out. On a bit of, you know, some yacht rock, just some easy listening vibes to take into the weekend. I've been, you know, I just, just something to put on around the house, put your bathrobe on, do some vacuuming, some dishes, Miles whatever, slice some cabbage. Uh, this is from Ned Doheny, okay? Uh, and he's not, he's not the biggest artist back in the day, but I remember I had this album because it was something I found in my parents' garage when I thought I was Kanye West sampling all kinds of weird albums. Uh, but it ended up just being a real easy listener. Um, this is Ned Doheny. Uh, and the track is called What You Gonna Do For Me So check I can't out believe Ned Doheny with a name like that didn't catch on as a uh, <laughs> as a yeah. yacht rock <laughs> yeah, like Kenny Loggins Michael yeah. McDonald and Ned, Ned Doheny, Doheny. And I was like, Doheny damn, I, I thought maybe he had something to do with like the Doheny, like the powerful Los Angeles right. family, but not Up even. I think Doheny. he was just like clever. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, this just in. I'm just looking at the uh, Wikipedia article for Edward Doheny, the oil tycoon. Uh, he is, in fact, the grandfather of Ned Doheny. So there's no such thing as yacht rock by your own bootstraps. Well, The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for this morning. We'll be back to tell you what's trending this afternoon. Uh, and then on Monday to talk about Men in Black. We will talk to you guys then. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. All night day, chipping away. It's all in a day's work. Trying hard to defend the time that I spent. Dad, dad.